All right, welcome guys to Dad's Roundtable. Um, so uh, honored and blessed uh, not to just call you friends, but coworkers and fellow pastors in the ministry. And I'm just thrilled that you're here with me today to talk about a big, big topic, and that is dad. What does it mean to be a dad? And so, but before we get started, let me do introductions. Let me go around the table, uh, introduce who we have here. Uh, I've been told that on the podcast, you can't see who's talking. So that, no. that's something that, yeah, we that's need to address. Point. Yeah, we need to address <laughs> yeah. that. So uh, let's get started. Gene, you are pastor of Missions and Outreach. Community Outreach, yeah. Anything community driven. Nailed it. Okay, Gene Carls Ward. <laughs> uh, you uh, tell us a little bit about your house, uh, who's in your household, and do you have a go-to bedtime song? Oh boy, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll start by, um, you know, my, my wife, Tara. Uh, we've been married almost 10 years and, uh, together about 16 years. So we got a good, strong relationship and uh, two children, two and a half, you know, uh, ready to move out, uh, beautiful daughter. And then our, our newborn son, Parker, who is just two months old and, and he's just Let's been go. incredible, yeah. incredible blessing. So. so you're sleeping fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Woo, we're here. You're well rested like for three hours right now. So <laughs> This is just a support group for you right now. This is what you need, yeah. Yeah, so what's your go-to bedtime song? Man, I am embarrassed, but I'm also just like really No, honored. you don't have to sing it. Okay, just, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So my daughter likes Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and I okay. don't know the words, so I make up words. Nice. Um, and uh, I usually conclude it with Daddy Loves You and, uh, and, and a good night. But it's, it's one of those moments just, just like um, there's like a prayer going behind the scene. It's mm -hmm. just like, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, and I know it's not going to last, you know, forever. So I'm trying to enjoy every moment of that. That I have. Those but, are sweet moments. Uh, but they I'm really a horrible are. singer, so I'm, I'm, I mean, it's, it's it's really bad. I'm glad that she likes yeah. it, but one day she's yeah. gonna be like, "Dad, yeah. please stop." Yeah. Yeah. Please stop. <laughs> Maybe you sound like an oscillating fan. That's yeah. why it's Maybe. just that like tone that just puts her to sleep. Sometimes but. she goes too loud. Too yeah, loud. tone it down. Yeah. <laughs> well, Andy Roshkob, you're here at the table today. Yep. You are uh, Crossings OKC location pastor. Yep. Yep. Young adults pastor. Uh, former student pastor and head coach of a basketball team at home. So tell us who you have in your house. So, yeah, uh, I've been married uh, to Taylor for just almost, um, just about 19 years now. And we got five kids, like you said, our basketball team. We got uh, from about to be 16 all the way down to six. So, yeah, it's, uh, we, we, we are not, basically it's just managing the chaos mm -hmm. at this point, managing schedules and uh different stages of life. We got yeah. a little one and we've got one about to drive. So it's it's quite a quite a spectrum of anxieties wow. <laughs> to deal with. So lead off question. Yeah. When you go on family vacations, do you assign an attendance taker? <laughs> like I, I I would need somebody to do a roll no, call but we, every but we, single we time. Count, we count to five a lot. <laughs> a lot. We, yeah. I think it was this summer was the first time we got very close to leaving someone at gas station. Oh geez, okay. But one of our children noticed yeah. and, and said, where's Annie? And we're like, oh, where is Annie? God gave you a few spares. That's yes. right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Just oh, man. Everybody get a buddy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, Blake Baston, uh, you are a pastor of ministry and operations. That's right. So very busy guy. Um, who do you have at your house? And I want to hear, do you have a bedtime song? I do. I've got, I've been married to Kim for 16 years now. We were high school sweethearts, so we've been, we've been together for forever. Uh, we've got twin 12-year-olds, Samantha and Easton. Okay. And so since they were babies, um, I took a song that my mother sang to me 
and kind of retrofitted it to make it personal to each of them. So they kind of both have their own version so of the song. So you're a better dad than I am. Okay. Yeah, That's you what know, I, I know that already. <laughs> wow. But you know, here's Personalized the cool thing. Songs. Hey, it's, they love it. They've always loved it. Um, I'm a horrible singer. But they're 12, and the cool thing is they'll still ask for it. You know, That's cool. Um, don't get it every night anymore, but they'll, they'll still ask from time to time. So. You and Kim are so efficient. Just get the twins out of the way. Oh, it, boom. Minimum, minimum uh, years of parenting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's like you thought it through or something. Get, get it yeah. all. Really there, was no right thought done. there was no thought done. There was no thought to it whatsoever. They, we were going we to have the basketball team, and then when the twins came at the same time, they broke us. Oh, you know, man. They, yeah. they broke us. So, so we just like, oh, we're good. We're good with two. We're good. That's good. That's fun. Yeah. Well, I'm Matt Cartwright. I'm men's pastor at Crossings OKC. Uh, bedtime routine for me. Um, yeah, y'all are way more spiritual than I am. <laughs> Because it's the only songs that I know the, all the words to is the National Anthem <laughs> yes. and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I kid you not. And my daughter, who is eight, so I have an eight and six-year-old, so my daughter knows every single word to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but not the National Anthem. Yeah. And right. so, I mean, as 90s kids, I mean, we That's all know amazing. our That's, uh, Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a story of redemption. Yeah. You That's, right. That's, That's what you're trying That's to right. do. It's... That's right. Yeah. So anyway, all right. That's our opening question. Um, uh, I think the what we do at every episode of the Dad's Roundtable is we talk about the job description of a dad. And so here's what I've come up with. So help me out here. The job description of what it means to be a dad is to provide, which I think we can all agree that that's a good thing, that dad provides for the family. It's to sacrificially love, and it's to set a spiritual climate. And so that's the three job roles or the job description that dad is supposed to do in the household. And I think one verse that's very familiar to me, um, we may or may not have had it on a ceramic plaque hanging on our porch, but it's out of Joshua 24, and I'm sure it's in a dining room table somewhere. Uh, Joshua 24, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so I have three questions for you guys. How do I do that? How do I do that? And how do I do that? <laughs> so Andy, you're batting lead off today. Yeah, man. How do you in your household serve the Lord? Well, I think that uh, man, it's a, that's a really big question. Um, and the more people you throw into that, the more complicated it becomes. But to simplify it, just to start off the bat, to simplify it, um, I think that verse begins with the clarity that we're looking for. And that is for me. And it starts with us as dads, as men, as individuals. It starts with me and then my household. So... I think the, the clarity that I'm always looking for is like, where do I begin um, in any sort of parenting mm-hmm. you know, endeavors? Yeah. Like, where, where do we start? And I think this, this you know, Josh was being very clear. For, it's for me. It starts with me and my faith. My relationship with God needs to be the priority. Yeah. Um, because my kids watch what I do a lot. And so what are they watching me do? And uh, one of the most humbling moments that I've ever experienced as a father, I, another pastor mentor of mine said, if you want to know what's what uh, you actually worship ask your kids what's most important to you mm-hmm. and i was not ready for that <laughs> i was like yeah sure okay they'll they'll know mm-hmm. and i went home and i think my kids were probably like you know 6 7 that in that range mm-hmm. and i asked my oldest no you know what's what's most important to dad and without hesitation it was oh college football okay <laughs> and how and my heart sank yeah. you know cuz what he he was just watching 
you know, and I think that's kind of that, that development process is if we're going to develop someone like in our workplace, it starts with, hey, I do, you watch, mm-hmm. right? And then I do and you help and, you know, just kind of that down the line, eventually yeah. you do and I'll watch. Well, it starts with them watching. Mm-hmm. And that was just a very stark, that was a wake-up call for me was my son thinks I'm most excited about 18 to 22-year-old boys playing a game that does not matter. Yeah. And so that just was, that beginning of that journey for me was like, okay. And it really became an introspective, like, all right, what do I worship? What, what do I serve? Because, I mean, I think we would all agree, we're all serving something mm-hmm. every moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what's the overarching message that my kids are getting? So I think, it, it, to me, it, that verse is just, it starts with, for me. Me. And yeah. it's a personal thing. I think easy, as a dad, it's always like, all right, you guys do this, go do this, you clean your room, go whatever. And our faith can very easily, like, well, all right, well, you guys go to church, you, you go to a small group, or, you know, whatever it may be. But I think... Um, to the most challenging part is, is for me. Yeah. What do I what do I serve? And then what I serve, there'll be a natural fruit and, and outpouring of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see, um, you know, my, my boys someday when they become dads, think through like, all right, what are they serving mm-hmm. versus what am I doing? It's, that, it's amazing how much is caught and not necessarily taught. Absolutely. How they pick up on those little things along the way, yeah. especially at an earlier age where they don't, there doesn't need to be much explanation. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I never told them like, hey, let me sit you down and tell you the most important thing in my life right. is college football. Right. I never told them that. Right. They just, like you said, they caught it. Mm-hmm. They, and it was a very sobering moment. Yeah. And I, in context of Joshua 24, I think could help us with the assumption that Joshua's communicating. Obviously, he's speaking for God. God is communicating to his people. And there's this assumption that there is going to be a God present in your household. So it's up to you to pick which one. There's gonna be, there is no assumption or there is no uh, option that you will opt out of worshiping a God. It's just pick which one you're going to worship. Yeah. And I think back then it maybe had been a, a little bit different of who's God and which region they were, you know, and, and which God that they would choose. But Speak about today, like what, what gods are present maybe in some households that need to be addressed? Yeah, I mean, you think about it, I mean, that's a, the, the theological term for that is henotheism, right? We, we, we don't, we, we put multiple gods up on the pedestal together. And we don't necessarily say that the God of college football is better than our God, but he's up there on the pedestal with our yeah, God. Yeah. And we do that. That is a huge danger for us today. Uh, the, the gods that I see, that I've experienced in my own life, the gods I've worshipped. I worshipped uh, the god of my corporate identity, right? my career identity. That was the god that I served the majority of my adult life. Uh, I think we can worship the god of busyness you know, today. That, that is a god we all tend to serve. We're not careful. Uh, we can worship the god of our children. Like we, we can put our children up as gods at times. And that, that is one of the things I think that is most dangerous and seductive because we can think we're doing the right thing by elevating them to the status of little gods, but it's actually horrible for them. And and so you really hit it well. It all starts with me and who is my God. Uh, We teach this, we teach this whenever, a lot of times you hear this in marriage ceremonies and we teach this in premarital counseling all the time. Um, but, you know, it's that whole triangle concept. It's like if you've got husband and wife here and you've got God right here, 
It's like if you, husband, concentrate on growing closer to God, you will also grow closer to your wife. And God will just take care of that. Good fruit well, I mean, will come I think from the good opposite tree. is true yeah. is I think what I've noticed, in, in, at least growing up in, in, the, in the church, is that, that a lot of the women are, are leading the, the home spiritually, and the dad's busy doing every, everything else. And so you could use the opposite is also true. If, if, you're, if your spouse is pursuing the Lord and you are not, you're pursuing some other little G God, it's actually moving you apart. Exactly. You know? right. And so that, that, there's a reality of that too that I think sometimes w- that maybe the enemy gets us sleepy to, you know, that, that there's actual, we're moving in a direction. We're always moving in a direction. Yep. Um, there, there is no staying still. You're yep. always moving in a direction. So. Well, and we can tell ourselves, like, I mean, I, I've, I've had this conversation so many times with guys, the, hey, my wife is just better at these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she very well, I guarantee you, my wife is better at singing bedtime songs than I am. I guarantee it. <laughs> guarantee it. Um, I've never heard it, but I guarantee yeah, it. <laughs> you know she is. <laughs> but you think about that, even if you're not comfortable in your faith and you're not strong in your faith, but the, that desire is there. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, your wife is the one leading these conversations, leading your children in prayer. It's like, let her, let her lead, but, but go and be with her as she does that. Well, and facilitate right. the family. And, facilitate, and even, yeah. the, even the verse starts out with, I'm going to speak for my house on this. Yeah. As for me and my house. Yeah. And, and that household, maybe in the, in the Old Testament language, would encompass a little bit more than, you know, what we think of as, as mom, dad, and kids, two kids. But he's speaking on behalf of the house. And I think dad can do that, even if mom's better at praying or leading Bible study, dad Carve out time. Turn the TV off. Get the kids in the room. Sit them yeah. down. Participate. Ask questions. Yep. Throw in a prayer request every now and then. Yeah. Like show you, your engagement. Show you that you're engaged yeah. with it. And there's tons of studies, tons of research of the impact, long-term impact, of it, especially in young adults. And you might know some off the top of your head, but for dad to be a spiritual leader in the home or spiritual participant has tremendous impact for a young adult to carry on in the faith, in particular if mom and dad are engaged in Bible study. Bible study, a Sunday school or small group, if the kids are catching that or catching on to, oh, this is what I do in my faith, they're 80 times, 80% like, more likely to participate in that as a young adult. Well, I, I think there's, you know, at least for, I'll speak for myself, I think there's always that when you do marry somebody that is better at you than something, it, it, it hits your pride, you know, and it's easier just not yeah. to engage because every time you engage in, in something that maybe your wife's better at than you, you're reminded of that. Mm-hmm. And that hurts my ego a little bit as a guy. I'll be honest. Like, that's just how I, I thought. And yeah. so for so long, I was competing with my wife in different areas instead of saying, hey, we're a team and you make our team better at this. So let's, let's hit this as a team mm-hmm. versus, hey, well, hands off. I'll let you do it. Right. And we end up kind of acquiescing and just being apathetic and like, well, whatever. I'm not good at that, so I won't do it. And I just think that's a, that's a danger that our, our male ego maybe can, can sneak in there of like, well, I'm just not even going to try because I don't want to. I don't want to face the fact yeah. that maybe I'm not the best at something. Yeah. So I, I just know I've seen that in my life. I used to work out with my dad all the time. He, in, even to this day, he's in his 70s. It's every other day. He's lifting weights, and I can remember as a sixth grader, maybe even younger, in the gym with him, and he made it clear he does not do legs. He does not do squats. <laughs> no legs. No legs. Yeah, skips leg day. Guess yeah. what? I don't like to do. Yeah. I don't do squats. Yeah. I hate leg day. Who does? Yeah. Right. Who yeah. does? Yeah. Right? Well, I assume you do. I bet Gene loves <laughs> yeah. leg day. It's, uh, yeah. But, but it's, that, it's that same idea that I heard over and over again, we don't need to do legs. We're not doing, it's not leg day. We're doing chest again. We're doing whatever it is. Um, 
But even to this day, I cannot stand to do squats or leg workouts. And I think about that. And it's the same with our faith and our walk and everything that we do. But one thing that my wife is really good at is engaging with neighbors and conversation with strangers. I cannot do it. It is a work for me to want to ask somebody their name and then remember it and then follow it away and check in on them. And and we live in a cul-de-sac and got to know our neighbors really well because of my wife. But I think we have a guy at the table who that is not your weakness. It's maybe your strength of interacting with people, neighbors. And I think that's a way of serving the Lord is opening up your house and including your neighbors so they know which God you actually serve. So do you have any stories you want to share? Yeah, round table? You know, I, I've got a bunch, but... Um, for well, it's only this, a 30-minute yeah, episode, yeah, so yeah. we're going to keep it. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I'll say that wasn't always the case, you know? Mm. So I think a part of uh, the growth that I've had in my faith in Christ, that's, that's the part that's been transformed. Um, because there was a sense in a long time uh, of, of comfort and complacency in my faith that I wanted it for myself. And, and so to allow God to work in my heart and to fill that up, and then it came out, there was no stopping it at that point. And so... Um, to be honored with the opportunity to serve him in that capacity and then to hear what we're talking about today, what's really coming to mind when we think about what gods we're serving and setting a tone as fathers, I think about, you know, how I start my day. And for me, um, something that was always really encouraging in the very beginning is Jesus' own words in Matthew 6 when he says, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. And that was a really convicting verse because I thought, what is my treasure? Mm-hmm. Is it money? Is it my family? Is it my job? Whatever that might be. No wonder that's what I pursue. Is it college football? Whatever it might be. And so I love that kind of gut punch he gave because it's like, well, I want you to be my heart. Yeah. So what does that look like? And so as a core, it starts from a very beginning you know, of my day. And, and that could be a structure. Um, I love to work out. For a long time, I would do like 70 push-ups as soon as I got, got I mean, like the minute I woke up, it was like Same me today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I want a challenge. I'm going to meet a challenge. I'm going to go after We're going to end with a push-up challenge. <laughs> yeah. That's how we're going to close this episode. <laughs> that's a weakness so, of mine, so I'm, I'm out. <laughs> so taking some of that characteristic, I married it to my faith. Mm-hmm. So when I wake up now, um, the first thing I do is I go to my Bible app, and I just start reading some verses, and then I re- have a reading plan. And then I'll spend just a few minutes in kind of a, a awakening prayer. And then I look at my calendar and I look at where I'm going today. And those are some places that I know that I'll be at, but I know there's some areas that I'm not going to be in. And so I started to get my mindset right. Uh, Lord, where will be some opportunities that might honor you and serve you today? And help me be aware of it in conversation. Help me be aware of it um, with my eyes, my ears, my heart. And, uh, and let me be bold enough to step out into it. Yeah. Well, and, you know what I love about that is like you do see that in, in, the, in the life of Christ all the time. He's always being willing to be interrupted hmm. and to notice the person that no one else notices. So I, I love that. Yeah. Well, it's that idea that you're in your, I love that you're kind of starting your day off with, here's my calendar, Lord. I know what I need to get done, but I'm going to hold it open because my calendar is, may not be the most important thing today. Yeah. And to just have that first, that morning routine of hitting that posture, I think could set the trajectory for a day that is open-handed and willing to, to serve him, mm. which is why you, I mean, you interact with neighbors all the time. All that, the time. Yeah. That it's, it's really easy for me and a strong temptation for me to pull into the garage and hit the button before I even get out, just in case there might be somebody out there that might want to stop and have, <laughs> have a chat. But 
I have a feeling that your garage door is just always open oh, and yeah. just really, yeah, really yeah. open to talking. So Yeah, and if you're coming to evangelize too, um, you might skip my home because I mean, I'd be like, come on in, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go. Um, yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, recently I've just been thinking about as men um, that, that, that we're more comfortable in the garage than we are in the house. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like anytime I go and talk to neighbors, it's always within the garage, you know, area. And, and, you know, it was some years ago, uh, a pastor here that encouraged us in a Bible study about, you know, where was Jesus in your household? And I think the challenge was, you know, was, was he kept in your closet or in a guest room or does he, you know, vibrantly live in your home in a way that people can feel that presence? And during that time, I felt like that was a challenge to really examine where was he in our household? And I think, and I've, I've shared this a few times with men, that I think the garage was my last coveted area that I had to give up to God. I mean, it really was. It was like one of those areas, like, we want you everywhere here in the Lord but the garage. Like, here's my tools. Here's all my accolades. Here's, like, all these things about me that are here. And until I really looked around at that wall and I thought, man, who am I really worshiping in here? Mm-hmm. And so that became a commitment to, you know, if I'm going to loan out my tools to neighbors, being okay with it, not coming back. You know, that that was an area like I was like, I don't know if I want to loan you my tools. (laughs) But an area that really needed to work and interesting enough where conversations really, um, um, really got prosperous in a way that, um, um, you know, and I don't know if you guys have the same experiences, but I, I tend to find guys are more open in those environments. It's like you're kind of safe outside of the home, but safe enough that it still feels familiar. Yeah. And what I love to do is just check in with people. It, it starts with um, seeking out neighbors, you know, um, not, you know, trying to knock on doors or something, but uh, it, it can take time. And I think what God has shown me um, the most in my walk is his time is not my time and being patient. So when I'm encouraged by others that I feel like become maybe a project that I want to help and be like, man, if you know what I know and all these things, is just being able to walk with them and just yeah. being consistent in that. Well, and think about, I want to make sure people hear what you said, because it can be easy to listen to that and be like, oh, I wish I could do that. Yeah. And, you and, can. And we, all, and we all should and we can actually, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have this deal, it's like, well, I'm just going to try harder to do that. And uh, think about that, and that never works. I remember when I was a kid, before a basketball game, I thought that I could watch Hoosiers before the game, and that would motivate yeah. some inner Let's like, go. power yeah. within me, and I would just go and do it. But that was not where the power was, right? Uh, it, that's not what makes you a better basketball player. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> but you think about what you said at the very beginning was that when you wake up, the first thing you do is you pray and you go to the Word. Yep. And I think if there was any one thing that guys could do that would change the entire trajectory of their day, the way God forms them, the way they think, how they approach their calendar, all that, is that when they wake up, before they grab the phone, and they start to look at all the emails that came through from work last night, and they start to look at the notifications, when you wake up, keep the phone off, keep it away, hit your knees in prayer, and scripture before the phone. And I I think God would use that habit to completely reform us in a way that actually makes you throughout the day, you're looking at your calendar as an opportunity to serve God. You're looking at the way that morning is going to go, not as a busyness to go deal with the emails you just looked at. They will wait. Mm -hmm. But you look at it as a way to go serve your kids Mm -hmm. and actually talk to your wife. And it's those little things that God will do magnificently through, Mm -hmm. um, but you have to give it to Him. And so it, it it doesn't surprise me at all 
that your mindset and your heart goes to where it is because that's how you start it. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good lesson for us. And just so I'm clear too for other dads, I think that there is a, there is a, um, uh, a sense of nervousness and fear that comes along with uh, the boldness that comes to walk in our faith. And what I mean uh, is I love that feeling of recognizing them choosing to trust in mm -hmm. the Lord. So when I see opportunities, it's not that I feel confident that it's going to be gift wrapped and delivered. It's just me being recognizing uh, to the fact that I want to be obedient. Yeah. And so if I feel the urge to offer prayer for someone uh, in our neighborhood or to talk to them about Jesus and it's rejected, I, I don't get defensive in a way of being judgmental. Um, I demonstrate grace and love and continue to go on. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I remind myself in my heart, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that mm -hmm. I can be obedient to your word. Yeah. And, and then other times, there, I mean, it's like he gives us some gifts to, to just show us that he's in, in this and he's working. And uh, I think the confidence we can have as dads, and recently I think we, we were all part of this, was, was understanding that you know, God is already present in the situation, mm -hmm. that we're not bringing anything in there. So that the burden of carrying something to something um, that we're already in, and, and that's a powerful thing. When I think about loving my family and loving my kids and demonstrating that spiritual leadership, it's knowing that He's present already. And then recognizing that these, these, are, children, these are children of God. And Andy, you mentioned something recently about that, that you know, when I look at my kids, it's, it's rep representative of, of this is a child of God. Yeah, yeah. and that's a good prayer. One of, one of the best uh, pieces of, of marriage advice that I heard recently is to actively pray to God to, Lord, help me see my wife the way that you see her. Yes. And, and I think that's a great prayer for our neighbors as well. We have a neighbor in our cul-de-sac, and uh, she's a widow, and she uh, values and takes very much care about any random car that comes down the street and logs it and, and has, has questions about it. Uh, she Puts it on the neighborhood Facebook she page. She very much knows, yep. yeah, uh, which yards might need some attention. Uh, so she's, she's very busy. She's got, she's got her eyes on everything, right? And, and we moved in, and it, it took a long time. And, and she was one that, I, honestly, I would have just rather just stiff arm and be like, you kind of do your thing. We're over here. We're doing, just leave us alone. But the Lord really changed my heart towards her. And then over years, like this took years of prayer, of just praying for her. Whatever's going on in her house, Lord, you know, you value her, you see her. Uh, that over years, now, now we've been there eight years, and now she is, is bringing my kids Easter gifts. Mm. We're taking her Christmas cookies. She's coming over to the 4th of July cookout. She's, she's out and about. Now, we haven't had like real intense, you know, uh, uh, theological conversations, but she knows that we love her and that we're, yeah. and that's the God that we serve, sees her. Well, I love what you guys both just said was that, you know, God is, it, that our kids are his kids first, that he has entrusted us to steward. Our spouses are the same. That's, that's his daughter, mm -hmm. right? But that we're not alone in it. And I think sometimes uh, we, we do think, hey, it's all up to us. But what, what I hear from that story, Matt, and I think it applies to how do we serve the Lord, is that, the, that God's always in it for the long game. And I think as a, as a guy, maybe we, we want instant like we want to see the the, the change instantly. Mm -hmm. We like, all right, I'm going to do this. I want to see the the fruit yeah. Yeah. tomorrow. You know, it's like working out. Like you don't go work out and then start flexing in the mirror. You're like, oh no, there, nothing happened today. <laughs> you know, like, but you, a year, two years down the road, you start seeing God's in it for the long game. He's patient, 
And and so it's not about the big splash things. Right. Right. It's that if go, going back to, to what we talked about a minute ago, is like if it starts with me, what, what, what are the things that I can do, the small, consistent things that I can do? Maybe it's getting up and saying, God, I'm going to go to your word first. Right? That's a small, consistent thing that will benefit both you mm-hmm. and your family. And so, like with your neighbor, it was a small, it, it was unseen. Mm-hmm. Right? Just in your, probably in your heart and in your mind, you were just praying for this lady. And over time, God softened your heart, God, because mm-hmm. God's already in it, right? Yeah, right. Just like you were saying, Gene, God, you're not alone. I think uh, one of our pastors here just a few weeks ago talked about God. Jesus goes before you. Mm-hmm. Um, you are not alone in this endeavor as a dad, as a husband, as a neighbor, um, a part of a community. You're not. It's not up to you. You you don't have the power. That's one thing that you know, Blake. You mentioned is that. And that's been on my mind for like six months. It's like, where do I really believe the power comes from? It's on my mind because it was on your mind, and you told me it was on your mind. No, now it's, it's on my mind. Now it's so, on our mind. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not in my. It's not in me. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. But one thing you, you talk about there, just as you're talking, made me really step back and think about the dads who maybe listen to this, who maybe aren't married anymore, um, or maybe their wife's passed away, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're doing this, and they can really feel lonely and feel like they are doing this on their own, just to remember that God's in this in long haul. God is with them. Do not grow weary of doing good. Do not grow weary of being the dad that you've been called to be. Remember that he will use every single act of your faithfulness with those kids and with the community around you. Um, But I can only imagine that it's really easy to feel lonely uh, and overwhelmed, but God is with you and with those kids, no matter the circumstance. Well, like the image that comes to my mind and the the line that with young adults specifically, I use this idea because it's it's a very, you see it all throughout scripture, is that God is absolutely doing more than we think, always. He is always playing a bigger, more complicated game. So the, the, the vision I, I love to think about is like, we're in the trenches, right, in, on the football field, and we can only see mm-hmm. right in front of us. God's in the press box, and he sees <laughs> the whole field. And he sees that player and that player and that lineman, and he, he sees it all. He sees who's warming up on the sideline, who's about to go enter the situation. And I'm like, that to me is more of the view that I, when, when we're talking about God, help me see them the way you see them. Yeah. Is God's playing the long game. He's always doing more than we think. And we get the, just the great honor of being a part of what God's doing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, I, I just, I love that. That brings me a lot of peace as a dad. Yeah. yeah. That, that's God's a, doing something. And that's a good segue back to the verse that we started with, Joshua 24. Mm-hmm. Leading up to that passage in verse 15, God unpacks everything that he had already done. Mm-hmm. I sent you. I rescued you. I gave you. I handed this enemy over to you. I saved you. And then even at the end of uh, that little passage right there, I think it's verse 13, he says, even the vineyards that you get fruit, you didn't even plant. Yeah. Like you're eating from vineyards that you had nothing yeah. to do with. So therefore, choose which God you're going to serve. And I love that, that reminder in Joshua that God has already been moving. He's already been active. He's already doing stuff. All we have to do is recall. And I think uh, journaling for me is a, is a stretch. Journaling um, takes a lot of effort for me daily to jot ideas down. And take the, the gym workout analogy. I feel like journaling is the before and after photo. 
that you can actually like, yes. oh, yeah. oh, look at that. Look, yeah. we've made look some progress. Look what I was praying look for. Look what yes. I was nervous and about. And look what yeah. happened. And God, I don't do journaling just like I don't do leg day. Just like, right. I, <laughs> Come on, man. you got to journal. It's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, I also have been skipping chest day for about 15 years. <laughs> oh, nice. So, well, you got to recover. you, you know, know, you got to recover. Yeah, yeah, it's a long recovery It's a recovery decade. Don't want to burn out. But to your point, Matt, like, I... Like we, always, you know, I, I grew up hearing about spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. and I think one of the the most practical spiritual disciplines is the spiritual discipline of remembering, of just like that passage of like, who who woke me up today, who is keeping my heart beating today? Mm. Not me. Mm. I'm not sitting here on this table being like, beat, breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just happening. And and what that reminds me of is that God is sustaining life. He didn't just create it; He's sustaining it. And just to remember what has God already done um, helps me in those moments where I'm like, what is God doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, looking back on what his past resume is, is, a, is proof of his, of his current and future faithfulness. That's right. And, and I think with the, I mean, we can say habits. I think habits maybe, to me, I want to, I get a lot of questions with the term habits. But if we just change it, if we just kind of tweak it a little bit to worship moments. Yep. These are worshipful moments. Uh, Andy, you mentioned the other day that we actually have seven days of worship. It's not just an hour and a half or two hours on a Sunday morning, but you're going to worship on Monday. You're going to worship on Tuesday. So let, let's decide what God are we going to worship all seven days of the week. Because we're going to worship something. We're going to worship something. Yeah. It's, so yeah. it's a, actually a liturgy. Habits yeah. are actually a liturgy of here's who I'm committing to today. I'm going to hand my calendar over to you, God, is a worshipful act. And it reminded me of... Uh, we can close on this, of uh, the Romans 12.1, in view of God's mercy, which is what Joshua was, was unpacking. Look at all his merciful acts and the grace that he just showered over his people. In view of God's mercy, Paul says in Romans, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is a true and proper worship. He also says in Colossians 3 that whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as you're working unto the Lord. So actually... Habits are worshipful acts. Yeah. And that's the thing you got to, like, you remember, go back to your where's the power? The yeah. power's with God. God's grace will empower you on a daily basis. You experience God's grace through those worshipful moments, mm-hmm. right? You, you do. And so you may say, it's like, well, I, you know, I don't have any of these moments or I don't have any of these habits. You do. We all have habits. We all have habits that are forming us and shaping us. They just aren't always good. Yeah. We're worshiping something. We're normally worshiping the God of the, the iPhone, the calendar, the email, like and those habits will form us. And so replace those with habits of God, with worship moments with God. And it's actually not that hard to do. And as you do them, it's just like, it's just like those, those of you who work out, right? <laughs> as you do them, it becomes a part of just who you are. God forms you through it. And so I, I think you've got a lot of guys who are probably listening to this who are super busy and they don't know what to do. And they want to be a better dad. They want to. They want to be what we've described here. It's like start with the small things. Yes. Start with the small worship moments. Hit your knees in prayer. Read scripture before you ever put your phone. Turn your phone off for an hour a day. This is a great book. If you want a, a good book just to talk about these things, a common rule. Turn your phone off for an hour a day. Remind yourself that you're not God. Right. The world will exist without you for that hour. And during that hour, be present with those kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Engage with those kids and your wife. You know, actually have a rhythm where you use Sabbath and get your kids involved in yeah. the Sabbath. 
You know, have, have, you know, engage in the faithful community around you. You can't do this alone. God doesn't want you to do it alone. He's given us each other. Have an hour a week where you talk to a friend. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's these, these, these new rhythms and liturgies that you can put into your life where you can truly experience God more closely and He will change you. And as a result, you get back to where we just started, right? As a result of what He does through this, you grow closer to Him and for you and your household, your household serves the Lord as they follow the example you've set. Yeah. Well, and the benefit of that, Blake, when you start looking at the themes of, of how um, Jesus deals with busyness, because if there's anybody who's busy, it was the guy that could heal people. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. People are chasing him down. Mm -hmm. And what, would he, what we see him do regularly is he gets away. Like he turns mm -hmm. off the chaos. Yeah. He turns off the iPhone. Right? For and he, and he goes and says, I'm going to go spend time with my father. Yep. And you see the invitations that Jesus gives, in, in like in Matthew 11, where he says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, right? We would say we're like busy yep. and chaotic. And he says, and you will find real rest. Yep. Um, and in Paul in Philippians 4 says, hey, bring all of your worries and anxieties to me. And you will what? Find the, the peace of God will cover your hearts and your mind. And so the invitation, the benefit to us as men is not just, hey, do more better. Yep. Get, get better at being a dad. It is come to me and you'll find rest because God's always doing more than you think. You're not alone in it. And he says, and, and in that, that reminder, those habits help remind us, I'm not alone in this. God's with me. He's doing more than I think. And we take ourselves off that throne of importance yep. and put God back where he rightfully belongs in our life. Because anything else on the top of that throne can't handle it. No. And it's going to fail you. Yep. They're going to fail you at some point. And yep. so have a proper Lord, a proper king sitting on that throne who can actually handle it. Well, when you think about all those, oh, go ahead. No, I was thinking of all the habits that you know, you're talking about. Before long, you're going to recognize that you're worshiping God without even knowing it. Yep. I mean, they just become a part of your, your they just exude uh, in your heart. And, and there's, a, there's a few things you guys do really well that was encouraging to me uh, as a young pastor, which was when someone says pray, you stop and pray. And, and, it, and that became something as a result of what I do in the community. If someone's like, hey, would you pray for me real quick? I'm like, or, or just later, I'm like, well, let's do it right now and, yeah. and take that opportunity. I always forget. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Let's just, and, I'm and confessing to everyone listening. Except for it, anyone who's listening right now who Andy <laughs> said, I'm going to pray for you. He definitely prayed for you. This yeah. week. Yeah. This week. Yeah. Yeah. But a great habit to start with. And, um, and, and to think about some of the things that we do, um, there was an encouragement that I read uh, a while back from, from Mother Teresa. And I just absolutely love this quote. And I hope it encourages uh, our dads. And she said, many people will do great things, but few people will do small things with great love. Do small things with great love. And, and so the intentionality that I want to have in my life is to seek out those small things and do them with the profound love and presence of Christ with me. That's good. And, and, and know and rest assured that those big things will happen. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I'm not focused on making big ripples. I want, I want to live with the people around me. I want to live with my family. I want to live with my kids. And I want to live in a way that is honoring to the Lord. For me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's great. I, I hope everyone here in this knows that what you said is absolutely true. And what we said, it's not just true. You can do it. Mm -hmm. Like you can do it. You can be the really, really busy corporate attorney who's working ridiculous hours, and you can do this. Yeah. Right. You can be the person dealing with health crisis, and you can do this. Um, you can be the dad who has been separated from his family, and his kids do not live with them all. all and you can do this because the power's with God. Mm -hmm. 
and he will do the work in you. Um, well, the, the, the great cover to me that is in that, Blake, that you can do this is that even when I don't mm-hmm. do it well or do it perfectly, yep. God is where the power lies. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's not on my ability to, to do this perfectly. I mean, I got five kids. I mean, like, it is a struggle to find time alone. Right, like that. I, I realized why my grandfather would go into the restroom for forty-five minutes <laughs> when we visited. Because he's like, Dad, I got to yeah, get away. Right, like yeah, yeah. I'm like, now I get it. Like yeah. he just wants a minute of quiet. Mm-hmm. And so I do. I do think that here's what it, what encourages me is it's not a moment of failure when I don't do this well. Yeah. Yeah. It is just another moment where I get to turn back to the Lord and, and live out repentance. Well, and the cool and thing about- Thank goodness I can't do it on my own because yeah. I, I would lose that opportunity to experience yeah. His power yep. Yep. to fill in the gaps that I just can't do. Yeah, the same so, God that loved you yesterday is the same God that loves you today, even yeah. if you miss your alarm clock and miss those habits and routines. Yeah. So being reminded of His holiness and His love through the right. grace that He, that he, yeah. that he offers. Well, I wanna, give, I wanna give the dad just three takeaways as we close of what what it means to have a household that serves the Lord. So what I heard today was, have a liturgy or a habit that is worshipful. Well, first, I guess we need to back up and say, which God are you going to serve? Yeah. Which God are you going to serve? Let's start there. Yeah. Like, so step one. Got to figure out where we are before we yeah. start the road That's trip. That's right. Yeah. What's yeah. your treasure? Where's where, your heart? Where's your treasure? Where's your heart? Who's on the throne? Yep. However you want to say that, but determine that today. Mm-hmm. Then from there, set a liturgy of habit to worship that God. And then I love just the practical... Um, a daily reminder of submitting my calendar to Him. Yeah. Yep. I think everybody's busy. Everybody is as busy as they've ever been. Yep. But if you hold your calendar open-handed and, and just offer it to Him to bless and to take care of, then it's all on Him, and you get to see the benefits of His power and His grace shared to people. So I pray that we can all do that this week. I pray that for the dads, too. You know, if, if you're questioning, you know, maybe putting Christ into your heart, uh, I just want to offer you to start with that. Yeah. And if you're looking at praying to start, you know, uh, where you can honor God, just look for those small things and just start yeah. there. I mean, um, that would be my encouragement. And if you're doing them well, um, continue to seek opportunities to be uncomfortable in our faith, where we can rely and trust in the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't skip step one. Yeah. yeah. That's step the big one. one. You look yeah. at everywhere in the Bible where someone comes... It has an encounter with God. They fall to their knees and they give it all up. And even the demons, even, even the, the demons, demons. Shut, yeah. we we have got to to fall on our knees and give up this idea that we can do this on our own. Amen. Yeah. Jane, you said something earlier about uh, just being reminded that you can pray in the moment. Yeah. Like you That's can right. stop. You, it's one thing to say, "Hey, I'll pray for you. I'll put you on my prayer list." But it is so impactful to stop and pray with people. And we know, we know, all know dads in our community and in the surrounding community who are struggling right now, who are striving, who are running in quicksand. Uh, what does it mean to be a dad who provides, who loves sacrificially, who feel like all they do is love sacrificially? It's all sacrifice. And they're really struggling to set a spiritual climate yeah. in a house of kids of all ages. So I think it'd be good. Let's just pray for those dads right now. Let's do it. I think we can pray over those families and those households as they determine uh, the God who's going to rule their house. So let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for these moments that we can stop and pause and consider you. Lord, I pray for all uh, dads and men listening right now, just cover them with your grace, cover them with your love, as what it means to be a dad here on earth, that you reflect uh, a heavenly Father who loves unconditionally. 
equip them, encourage them, strengthen them in moments of stress and just moments where they just need to rely on you and focus on you. I pray that they put you at the center of the household. I pray that they offer up their calendar to you to bless and to, to strengthen them throughout their weeks. And it's in Christ's holy name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you guys thank for you. coming to the round table. Thanks thank for having you. us. Uh, it's a great opportunity to sit and just talk about what it means to be a dad. Yeah. So. Thank you.